Hello, everyone, and welcome to our In Focus series of podcasts brought to you each week by Retina International. Today, we're joined by Carol Brill, who is a person living with Usher syndrome in Ireland. Carol is the, on the board of directors of Fighting Blindness Ireland and Cure Usher, and is also a member of the Retina International Usher's special interest group, so is very, very active person. Carol has joined us to talk to us about how the COVID-19 pandemic has affected her in her day-to-day -day life, how the lockdown scenario has worked out for her, and any thoughts that she has on how we can move forward as people with vision impairments, bear, bearing in mind the, I suppose, limitations that the pandemic has put on some of us in our day-to-day -day lives. Carol, you're very, very welcome. Hi, Avril, and thank you for having me join you today. Now, it's great that you could be here. It's, it's important for our listeners to, to learn and understand from other uh, patient representatives what, their, what the impact of this, this, this whole scenario has been on them. And of course, it's different from person to person, from country to country, and often from condition to condition. We've spoken to um, a number of people who have um, ORP and different forms of inherited retinal degenerations. But of course, when you have Usher syndrome, which combines sight loss with hearing loss, there are other factors to be considered. So from your perspective, Carol, how has it been for you since March when we were locked down in this country? Well, it has been extremely challenging, Avril, I have to say in every sense of the word, um, because, you know, uh, I, I, like everyone else, we, we didn't know what we were dealing with. We were all in a probably, in a, a some stage of panic and when you you know when you have a disability and you're you're living to you know each day as it comes adapting to the deterioration the progression of your condition uh you 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 just don't see this one coming pardon the pun yes. uh you don't see the pandemic uh chaos coming and and so as a result it you know, it, it, there was challenges on every level, emotional, psychological, physical, and technology as well, because, um, you know, everything then had to be, you know, a lot of activities had to be moved to online. I cannot tell you the amount of uh, passwords I've had to create <laughs> and remember. Um, the brain, I say half of my brain cells are taken up with trying to remember login IDs and passwords because, you know, I follow strict, um, you know, best uh, practice for IT security, use a different password for each activity. Um, uh, it's just, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, just if, if we're going to talk at a, a very basic level of my experience just to exist every day has been challenging because in the very beginning suddenly uh we were cut off we couldn't go outdoors because my mother is uh over 70 and she had to cocoon which is a, a phrase that a lot of people didn't like in ireland i don't know if it was used in any other country but it just meant that anyone over the age of 70 or vulnerable persons could not go outdoors and uh, mm -hmm. were advised to stay away from grocery stores so um with that in mind i then had to uh just say right okay myself and my daughter who who live with my mom we also had to go into this state of cocooning as well and obviously 
food being primary uh, need of, of every human being, um, food became a very, uh, very stressful um, uh, issue of our daily lives because if I couldn't go to the shops, uh, I would go online. Online. If I went online, I couldn't get a shopping slot for uh, a delivery slot for at least five weeks. And I thought, oh my gosh, I, you five know, weeks. I, five weeks. Yeah. It was a lot. Yeah. And so um, I, I really didn't know who to be calling. Um, mm-hmm. Thankfully, then I, I can't exactly remember how, but our, our local council were then, you know, starting to listen to the calls of people who were not over 70. People with disabilities had been completely left out of, of government strategy and policy. And, um, you know, uh, so our council was listening to, you know, people with, with special, you know, needs, not special needs, but, the, you know. Special requirements. Um, yes. Yes, you know, special I mean, requirements. People who so, can't go out and about. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. So um, they assigned me a, val- a volunteer to do our shopping pretty much within a couple of days of requesting. So that was brilliant. It right. turned out to be somebody who lives nearby. So we have been promising each other that, you know, when all of this is over, we will get to know each other, as, you know, quite as, as neighbours that we've never done this before. So COVID does have its positives. <laughs> that's for, that's for um, sure. That's for sure. But it's, it so, must have been very stressful from that perspective of knowing that you can't go out. And, you know, a lot of people have said that they had been cocooning probably a lot longer than others might have anticipated because of the, you know, there was a lot of media, obviously, for a very long time before governments um, officially shut down uh, various different activities. And so, you know, people probably, were you probably indoors an awful lot longer than you probably Actually, I was because my mother um, broke her back just before New Year. So I had been caring for her 24-7. But yes. how I got around the shopping issue was um, I had the most amazing friends who just kept dropping in cooked meals. And, <laughs> would, you know, that was fantastic. Um, and then uh, the, the, the other thing that... Um, you know, I had friends who would just say, listen, I'm heading to shops, this is anything you need. So that was brilliant. But when COVID-19, you know, when the cocooning order came in, all my friends were more or less forced, you know, because of the, the, the lack of advice or whatever, the friends didn't ring me up and say, listen, can I drop in some dinners or whatever? Because there was this whole fear of yes. what we, you know, what can How we far, do? There's, yes. Yeah. So How far you um, can go. Exactly. I lost yeah. that support mechanism. And I had been, you know, the, the night before uh, the, the announcement, um, uh, the night of the announcement saying that everything was shutting down, I was actually polishing off the, the golf clubs. I was able to, <laughs> to leave my mom uh, and head out and play golf the next day. Um, and that didn't happen. Yeah. So, <laughs> so a double it, a double whammy really of, of not being it was and then yeah. not having to have not being able to have you know basic exercise and activities that you would ordinarily yes. that are very important for your mental health absolutely absolutely yeah. and and you know for the first few weeks then of of this sort of lockdown situation i 
I struggled because I wasn't able to get out and walk. Um, mm-hmm. I had, because I had spent the, the, the first couple of months of the year saying, gosh, you know, when my mom is better, I'd be able to do this. I'd be able to do this. Mm-hmm. And then all of that just snatched um, when I was just within, you know, a day's distance of it. Um, so, so, so for you then, I mean, when you, when you finally were able to, to, to get that, that, sort of support locally to be able to rely on somebody else to go and, and, and to get your shopping. The other real issue, I suppose, that people who don't have a vision impairment don't seem to fully appreciate is the, the issue with technology, as you've already mentioned. Certainly people have said, oh, you know, when you have a vision impairment, um, it's, it's great, this technology, all of these platforms are so great and easy to use and, and can really connect people, but it really hasn't been so straightforward, right? No, it's not. It's especially with somebody with Usher syndrome because, you know, a lot of these apps they say they have, you know, subtitles, but there's a lot of delay between the subtitles appearing. Yes, yes. Uh, and, you know, and you're trying to play catch up, trying to listen to somebody. And then if you don't catch something, you go, you have to then wait for the subtitle to appear and it wouldn't be 100% accurate. So there would be that just, it's an extra drain on your energy levels as well. Um, I can't tell you the amount of, uh, because my, my phone is Bluetooth, um, connected to my hearing aid. So I, I do all my zoom conferencing and I do everything through my hearing aids. So I'm getting all this, you know, first grade volume is, is the only way I can describe it. I'm getting a lot of loud feedback. Um, feedback into my hearing aids and and it's exhausting because you're trying to decipher and especially with zoom conferences when a few people try to speak together or if someone didn't mute and you have background noise and you're trying to hear hear the person speaking it it's it is exhausting it really is exhausting and i i don't i'm not one to moan well no no i mean no i think think everybody has i mean there there is a fatigue there's no doubt you know with everybody who is who is in this position of 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 working now um you know uh, through these these formats are feeling fatigued but you know there is no question even for somebody with with just the vision impairment that we have with respect to irds and amds and and, and diabetic eye diseases where people for example you know, you're trying to speak and somebody is asking you a question, you have to find the, the mute button to unmute yourself. Yes. Time. Yeah. To maybe the, somebody else has answered the question. You know, these, these are the things. But with, with, with ushers, it is different because of the sinking of the lip reading. It, it must be very difficult. With that in mind, Carol, you know, how, how are you coping with respect to the use um, now that we're opening up a little bit more and, you know, we can go to shops and, and whatnot? You know, obviously restrictions haven't been fully lifted, but people are starting to wear face coverings. You know, how will that impact you? It, it's already, I've, I've kind of endured that um, struggle in the, in the last few weeks because um, we have healthcare assistants come in to help with my mother um, in her recovery. And they are wearing face masks and I really don't understand what they're saying. And I just keep nodding, you know, pretending I'm okay. And I, I because I feel that my, my mother's needs are more important than mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to put the healthcare assistant at risk saying, you know, would you mind just removing your mask? So course, I, I know what course. you're saying. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, and I don't want to put my mother at risk. Um, you know, so you, 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 you don't want to put people at risk. And, and this is like, this is, this is at every level. It's not just a face mask. Um, um, you, it was the same, like when, when I was asking this, the volunteer stroke neighbor to do my shopping, she has a young family and I'm thinking, God, you know, if she gets the COVID while she's shopping for me, she could, be she's putting herself at risk for me um and and then you know if someone if i am trying to communicate with somebody who has a face mask on i just say have i any right to ask them to take away their face mask so i can lip read because am i putting them at risk or am i putting me at risk and you know and it's 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 something so simple as a face mask is really really uh distressing would be the level yes and of course it's distressing because it's just as you say like uh, you know do you have the right to tell that person please can you remove your face mask so i can see what you're saying exactly and and i think as well you know something that has come up in certainly conversations that you and i have had carol with respect to um having an invisible if you like disability onto a better something that's not 100 percent obvious you know, it, it can be challenging now when you're, you know, we have to keep our social distance to two meters. Um, yes. So sometimes some of us will need to have uh, guides, you know, so people that yes. want to, to um, you know, link onto as you walk down the street. And, and that seems to be causing some consternation. Yes. And you, you feel like you're being judged. And, you know, people thinking, gosh, you know, no, no social distancing going on there. And, you know, and, and yes, <laughs> it's, it's, yes. and you just feel like, saying, do I have to wear a big, huge hat saying I have a disability? I need to link on to my friend when I'm walking down the street. Um, you know, uh, and, and I have a, a one friend who I trust to to go walking with because she could see um, the the that I was just getting more and more distressed that I couldn't leave the house just even to go out for a walk. So she very kindly says, "Right, let's start going out for a walk." And um, you know, but it, it it just like you you kind of felt you were getting these funny looks from people who were walking past you and you know, why are they linking on, you know, why aren't they doing two meter distancing? And it's, it's, this, it's this sort of um, judgment that just puts you off going out. Yeah. And, and, and that is, that is the question I was going to ask you. I mean, you know, would you now be less likely to, to leave the house because of, of this, this sort of, I suppose, if it's even a self-imposed pressure or, you know, it's a perceived pressure, it's still a pressure. It actually has stopped me going out walking now. I'm mm. back indoors. Yes. Um, yes. You know, and and my friend, like, we, we were out nearly every day, but I can't tell you the last time now we went out for a walk. It's probably about two, if not three weeks ago. And that, yeah. that, but on the other hand, I am back to, onto the golf course now for a couple of weeks um, now. And that's been really good. My golf guide, who, um, she is a nurse, so I trust her implicitly because, again, this comes down to trust when you are oh, relying yes. on somebody to guide you. Um, so my guide, she is a retired nurse, and so I trust her implicitly that, you know, she knows not to come near me if she had a symptom. Um, and um, 
so we actually walk holding a um a white cane between us just to we are ensuring distance between us on the golf course and and that's all we can do and and hopefully that's educating some people who might have been you know on the golf course saying oh look at them you know too, yeah uh, yeah, and, and at least from, now the white cane is symbol. Is symbol. Uh, just yeah, to be able to be yeah. more more but clear. Not, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and not everyone knows what a white cane is for either. That's I might also add. a reality. And so I suppose you know to conclude in relation to you know how you, how you move forward, we're we're clearly going to have social distancing for some time. Um, you know we are going to probably have face masks for quite some time. Um, you know these are things that we as a community will have to start to to work with you know what 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 advice would you give people or what would you what would be your ask i suppose to society at large you know to how how could they better um uh, support people who have invisible disabilities who require you know a little bit more thought um what message would you give them all i say is that you know, and I've said it to many people, I just hope that after, you know, this, pande this pandemic calms down or passes or whatever the word is, it, that, that we become a, a more compassionate society and not to judge people from the outside. I'm it just, you know, understand that not all disabilities are symbolic with a white cane or a guide dog or a wheelchair there are hidden and invisible disabilities you know be kind be compassionate if you had if you see somebody doing something that's that you wouldn't do you just say well hang on why would they be doing that why do they feel the need that they have to hang on to somebody you know for help when crossing the road maybe they have a visual impairment or you know why why is that person um not listening to me properly why they're not responding to me properly or the you know don't just assume oh that person's so ignorant that you know they, they didn't say, yes. acknowledge what i said um and i think you know back to the the face mask the other challenge as well on top of that is the reflective surfaces that you know the the glass um coverings that the yes, you know yes. uh, staff in the shops are using um they're very highly reflective surfaces surfaces so you it's very difficult to see the person uh if they're not wearing a mask it's very difficult to see what they're saying when you're mm -hmm. lip reading um yes. and and uh, you know add on the the face mask then we have double problems so don't just judge and and just to be kind and compassionate and say okay consider it how yeah. can i help this person instead of judging them for not doing something that that you would expect them to do just say okay why did they not do that maybe they need help exactly and finally carol would you have um a single coping mechanism that has really helped you through that some of our listeners may be able to uh, apply to their own day-to-day -day? um i think it's just it's more than one word is just mm -hmm. breed and educate because mm -hmm. i i don't like the word ignorance a lot of people don't have the knowledge about the different types of disabilities and different types you know some people just see blind as being completely unable to see um you know they don't realize that there's just different levels of, of visual impairment there's different you know different ways of seeing and um 
you know, all we can do as visually impaired uh, people is educate, educate, and who knows, um, we could make this world a much better place to live in. Well, certainly let's hope so. Let's try to take the positives and, and hope that people will become more considerate and be a bit more reflecting of why people are behaving in the way that they are at this time. I'd really like to thank you on behalf of Retina International and our members, uh, Carol, for, for taking the time to speak to us so honestly and openly today. Um, it is important for us to really delve into what these challenges are. Um, they're, they're not unique, uh, they are common, and hopefully we will find a way together of addressing them. But we really do appreciate your time and uh, we'll keep in touch and uh, let's hope that things improve in the, in the very short term. Thanks so much, Avril, and take care.